Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. There is a preparation going on in the body of Christ. There is a preparation that is taking place in the realm of the Spirit. Interested people are hearing God's plan. Interesting, interested people are recognizing the moving of God, the strengthening of God, the directions of God. Hallelujah. In the time that we have left, I love the Lord so much. Let's, let's strengthen ourselves in His plan for us. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Let's strengthen ourselves as we prepare to honor the Lord in our tithing and our offering. And because of the way that the Lord has, has moved here in this church family today, I want to remind you we are a family. And we are privileged that God has joined us together. That we have people who believe the way that we believe. Over probably 25, maybe 28 years ago when Pastor and I moved from Tennessee to the Kansas location, we spent an entire year visiting churches. Every Sunday we went to a different church. Every Sunday we went to churches that were of a denomination that we thought would be uh, uh, congruent with the way we had been taught. And we went to churches. We, we were just going anywhere that somebody said God was doing something. And I remember at one point I even called a Christian radio station and said, can you tell me of a good church in town? And he said, well, come to my church. And so we went to that church. And uh, there were times that we sat in church. Through the, we came in before service, found our seats, before service started, sat through the entire church service. After the church was dismissed, we, we didn't just jump up and run out. We, we exited slowly. And there were many of those churches that no one in the entire congregation spoke to us. They looked right at us and walked around us and never spoke to us. I remember telling my husband, does anybody believe God still speaks to us? Does anybody believe God's a healer? I mean, I was looking for the church. And we praise God, God finally did lead us to a, a church. But one thing that I did learn during that time is the importance of having a family of believers that you can trust in the, in the presence of God and, and part of what is taking place 
in this season, if you will, of how God is moving in our services is that he's teaching us how to move together. Do you remember what Brother Hagin said when they asked him, tell us what God's going to do in the last days? And he says, well, one of the things God's going to in the last days move in the local church. And he said he's going to build strong local churches. And he identified and defined what a strong local church was. He said a strong local church is one who can move together with the Holy Spirit. And someone asked me, I think it was after Brother James, maybe after last Sunday morning service, he said, what is it that helps a church, what is it that makes a church family willing to move together with, with the Holy Spirit? And of course, it's teaching on the Holy Spirit, teaching on responding to Him. Uh, we have a, a pastor, our pastor has taught us. I remember when I, after I'd married Pastor Steele, and, and in church, watched him as he responded to the Holy Spirit. I would ask him after church, how did you know to do that? How did you know to stop right then and go in that direction with the service? Because I, I, I wanted to know inquiring minds. We want to know, right? I want to know. And I've learned by watching him. I've learned by, by, by being in those services and, and in the beginning there would be times in the beginning of how God would teach me there would be times that I would sense what he was going to do and then he would do it and I was like thank you Lord for for letting me know he was about to do that because then I knew how the Holy Spirit how that sensing of the Holy Spirit would be when I was in charge to do it without my husband the pastor being here but it's not just the one person. The more that we all, like we have today, a lot of what took place today was because no one was sitting on the Holy Spirit and saying, we're done. That's enough singing that song. Sometimes, you know, in, in the morning when you wake up and go outside and the dew is on the grass... What caused the dew on the grass is that in the, in the early morning, the temperature became just the right dew point. You remember that? In school when we learned about the dew point? It's that place in the temperature when the temperature is just right and all of the condensation that was always in the air, it hits that certain temperature and that condensation begins to cling to your car and to the grass and the flowers and the different things. When we're worshiping, there, the Holy Spirit, He's always present. He's here with us. But in that, in that worship, there's a temperature that we reach. There's a place of attention that we're giving and unity. We've been praying for unity in the church family. And that unity of heart, when we come into that place of unity and worship, that dew point and what the, the manifestation of His Spirit, that glory begins to manifest and minister to the people of God. Hallelujah. So for us to see ourselves as a family, as a church body, to see the importance of us coming together. Of course, we could all sing those same songs at home. And there have been times that we had to sing by ourselves, right? There have been times that we had to worship alone. But, 
He said not to forsake the assembling, not just the attending, because people can attend without assembling. You can have all the pieces of the puzzle in the box and it not be assembled. You can have all the pieces of the toy in the box, but it says on the box, assembly is required. And that assembling is a spiritual assembling. It's not just coming and sitting and attending and taking notes and then leaving. It is coming and joining together in the, in the, with the interest, with the desire, with the hunger, with the, the willingness, with the worship. Amen? So as a church family, God has things in store for us. And I had it in my heart to, um, for those of you who may not have heard, and for those who have, this will be a rehearsal for you of how faith builders came to be. When Pastor and I were first married and answered that call and God led us to Kansas, it was in Kansas that my husband was in study one day and the Lord took him to Hebrews chapter 11 and said, your assignment is to build people's faith and to frame their world by the word of God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 was the scripture that he gave him. And my husband, I came out, uh, in, out of the kitchen and my husband is in a suit on a Saturday morning sitting on the couch, and I'm, I'm like, oh, am I supposed to be dressed to go somewhere? Did I miss the memo? I, I, are we, is this, would, are we going to visit somewhere, church what? And he said, I'm on call. I said, okay. He said, I'm on call because the Lord gave me, Hebrews 11:3 that I am to build people's faith and frame their world. So he had went in and cleaned up and put on his suit, and he said, Lord, I'm available. I am on call. Uh, fast forward a few years, we had, of course, went through that year of looking for a church. God placed my husband as the assistant pastor of the church for a number of years, and then God led us to the church in the campus there at uh, the DeSoto campus, and we've been there over 23 years, maybe 24 this year, 24, 25. We've been over there 23 years, over 23 and um, during that time, I wrote my first book, Pressure No Problem, and I began to go into different places to uh, tell people about that book. And one of the places that opened up for me to come share about my book was at VTN. And Sister Jeannie Caldwell, when her producer called me, she explained to me, she said, normally Sister Jeannie does not allow people outside of Arkansas a whole lot because our focus is on our state and the ministries in our state. But she is interested in, in having you. And so they invited me to come. And the power of God was just, it was, it was the favor of God. And um, God, through that open door of favor, allowed me to begin having our television broadcast, Faith Builders, 
on VTN, and we had that for a number of years, and I was here taping one day, and I was actually getting ready to go to the studio. I was still in the hotel. I would come down once a month and record all of the broadcasts. We did all of our recording at that time at the VTN studios, and so I was preparing, and I had a visitation of the Lord, and it was a visitation of the Lord that was so holy it was such a set-apart moment that I, I refused to tell my husband over the phone. I said, I cannot tell this over the phone because what God's, the way that he spoke to me and the, the um, not that it was spectacular, but it was, it was very emphatic. And, and it was something that I would not... Um, that I would not mistake for just me. The way that he ministered this to me was more than just an idea. Oh, I think, I, have, I think that might be a prompting or that might be a leading. Is that me or is that you? It was beyond the shadow of a doubt. It was the Lord speaking to me. I felt as if every fiber of my being had, had grabbed a hold of an electric fence in the spirit. And because I do know what it feels like to grab hold of an electric fence in the natural because my grandfather had one and I made the mistake of grabbing too, whole, too close to the wire, you know. But my whole spirit felt like that, but it, like a spiritual electricity. And so I refused to even tell pastor. I said, I've got to wait till I get home to tell you. And when I told him what God had shared with me on that day about beginning a work here, it, it, it resonated with him, it, he ag agreed, and uh, he began to send me. And so I began to come down. It, let me back up. I went to my pastor, and at the time, my pastor was still pastoring here. And I said, Pastor, I make myself available to pastor a Hispanic congregation. That was the instruction God gave me. Make yourself available to pastor a Hispanic congregation in Little Rock. And when I came to him and said that, I was not aware of the transition that was taking place. He was not in a position to share it. It was before the transition had been announced. And he said, Michelle, I accept your offer and I will pray about it. And then he said, how would you do it? And I told him what the Lord had told me to do. And he said, that's exactly what the representative, the Hispanic representative from uh, CUFI had told me I should do if I ever wanted to start a Hispanic congregation. And, and so I left it there because that, I, in my understanding, that was enough. Well, when the transition came about and pastor came back to me and he said, I did let the next pastor know what would be um, what you had offered. And at this time, they're not interested. And if they ever do, they'll reach out to you. And so I said, yes, sir. And I left it. And one morning I woke up out of a dream and I don't look at dreams as unless I know that I know that I know that's God telling me something in that dream. This was one of those dreams. 
And in my dream, I had a horse that I'd locked up in a stall. Now, I've been raised with ponies and horses, and so I knew I don't lock a horse up in the stall. And I had, in my dream, left this horse in a stall for 30 days. And I'd come to check on the horse after this 30 days, and it's emaciated. It had no water, no food, and it is in the stall. And I look around, and there are people coming and going. And I said, Lord, why is my horse in the stall? And I looked out into the field, and in the field, there were horses in the field. And as I looked at those horses, I recognized they were plastic. They were hollow. There was no life in those horses. It was like the kind of horse on a merry-go-round that you used to see for the quarter you could put out there. Have you ever seen a broken one? That had the little, you could look inside. It was hollow on the inside. And I said, Lord, why is my living horse in this stall, locked up, starving, and these other horses are out there free to eat, and they don't even eat, they don't even have life. What is going on? And so I'm sitting there agonizing about what I've done to this horse. And my husband, in the dream, my husband walks up to me and he says, you've got to try to restore it. And when he said that, I woke up out of the dream, and I knew that the horse represented what God had told me to do. And so I yielded to the Lord. I repented for not taking my horse out of the stall, for locking it up in the stall. And I uh, began to make preparations. And I went to, when I, the next time that I was down to film for VTN, I went all around this area looking for a place to meet. And we found the La Quinta. And I... Um, in the La Quinta, was able to have the Sunday morning services, and I began those services only in Spanish, Constructores de Fe, because that was the assignment. But then God began bringing people, and when the people began to come, I said, Lord, there are hungry people. And they said, I, I said, well, I'm, I, it's in Spanish. They said, I'll come. And they began to come, and I called my pastor. And I said, Pastor, I would never do this without your permission. And he said, there's enough people in this city for you to have a church here. He said, I believe that, that what you have is, is, is needed for people, so there's nothing stopping you from having a church here. And so I began English services, and here we are. Here we are. Pastor was running one day in Kansas and, and he was talking, he was running past a house and he was saying, Lord, I'd like to have a house like that. And the Lord said, You're supposed to be in Little Rock. <laughs> Up until that time, I had been the one mostly coming, and it was because at that time we did, we also have our Hispanic services, and he didn't. He doesn't speak enough Spanish to preach in Spanish. I was doing the worship and the preaching at the time, and uh, we didn't have enough bilingual people for him to be able to come, but God began to bring bilingual people, and he began coming, and so God was able to make that transition for us. While we are still pastors in both locations, God moved our base here. And I'll tell you why God moved our base here. 
on one of my trips back to uh, Kansas from Little Rock after ministering over the weekend, I was on, on the, the, the trip and the Holy Spirit came in the car. Brother Keith Moore was preaching on this CD that I was listening to, this, this podcast that I was listening to, and he was preaching about the, um, the Battle of Iwo Jima. And he was explaining that in the Battle of Iwo Jima, they did not understand why they needed to gain the control of that island. There were a lot of people sacrificed, a lot of, of artillery, a lot of weaponry, a lot of tanks, as well as soldiers that were put in that battle, not because they just wanted to win, but because they needed that island. And none of the people, the majority of the people on the ground understood the value or the importance because they did not know the plan for the atom bomb. But because they were having difficulty with the planes being Inter, being attacked by the enemy. And number two, some of the planes were having engine failure. They needed a place, a halfway place, that if they had to, they could divert the atom bomb in case it was attacked or in case they had trouble with the plane that was carrying it. So they needed that island. And although the people on the ground did not understand the importance of that island, they were willing to give their 100% effort. They were willing to go full out. They were willing to, to sacrifice whatever needed to be sacrificed because we've got to have that strategic location and that's what he was explaining in the sermon and he came to a, spe a specific place in that sermon where he began to say they didn't know that little rock was strategic they didn't know that little rock was strategic they didn't know that little rock was strategic and about the third time he said it the holy spirit came in the car little rock is strategic Little Rock is strategic. And I shared that with someone who reminded me of a, a vision that Sister Jeannie Caldwell had of, of the hands coming out of Little Rock and going around the globe. Do you remember? Somebody, I see some heads. She had a vision of the hand of God, these hands coming out of Little Rock on the map and going around the world. And God said, Little Rock is strategic. So we're here. We're here. We're here. Where we are in this location is not the fullness of the plan of God. It's just a step in the plan. It's just a part of the plan. We've got to carry in our hearts the recognition that Little Rock is strategic. And the, the value of what God is doing in this church and in the services where we are assembling together is kingdom value, kingdom importance, the strategies and the purposes of what we're learning, 
and what God is imparting to us, the anointings that are being imparted, the truths that we are growing in, the understanding of our authority in Christ, the understanding of I have a... I mean, Pastor went 21 weeks on authority and then began this year with I have a covenant, the blood covenant. Was there 21 weeks in that? That's not because our pastor just can't get off and get, a, a get off one topic and on to another. 20 weeks of healing school. <laughs> we got, we've got probably more than that. It, but, but yeah, 20 weeks of blood covenant in healing school, which is separate from the blood covenant teaching that we got in the main sanctuary. He did tw- over 20 w- weeks of just our covenant of healing, the blood covenant in our healing. So it, that is not just because pastor likes to have big sermons, series. It's because God's preparing us. God's preparing this church family. The more attention we give to that, which the Lord is doing in our midst, the better students we are of it. And the farther advanced we're going to flow in what God has for us. He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. To our church. What is the Spirit saying to our church? He's preparing us. He's preparing us in the Word, but not only in the Word. He's preparing us in the flow of His Spirit. And He's preparing us to flow together. And He's preparing us to believe together. You know what I found? Is that as, as I have sat under a ministry and grown from that ministry, not only does it provide a faith strength in my personal life, but now I have a faith to bring back to that ministry. The faith that you are receiving here is going to benefit you, but if you'll bring it back and use it for the plan and the purpose too, if you'll say, you know what, I'm going to begin to agree with what my pastors have been saying about the palace that God has for us. At the next, our next place, God has our own place for us. God said that, that he is giving us land and buildings and our own place. My faith can work on that, but how much more can we, more ground can we gain if everybody in the, because y'all are going to enjoy our new place as much as me. We're not expanding to a new place just so I can have something bigger. It's so that your children can enjoy the bigger facilities that we have, so that you can enjoy, so that your families can enjoy, so that other families can enjoy and grow and be a part. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at Psalm 69, verse 9. What I was going to preach today, if the Lord wills, I'll minister it tonight. (laughs) But today we'll we'll talk about the Lord's plan, His house. Psalm 69, 9. For the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. The zeal of your house... Can we think of a New Testament example where that scripture was was used? 
That's what the disciples said about Jesus. They, they saw Jesus in the scripture when he began putting the money changers and the people who were trying to, to cheat and deceive the people of God. When he put them out and made that whip and said, my father's house is a house of prayer, the disciples said about him, this scripture They said, look at him. That's what the scripture said in Psalm chapter 69. The zeal of of the house of God is consuming him. Hallelujah. The zeal of your house has eaten me up. Psalm 84 and verse 10. This building is not the house. We're the house. We are the house of God. We need to have a zeal. For the assembling together, a zeal. And, but the, the natural place that we live, that we come together. And I'll tell you, that's why our sanctuary does not look like we're not going to have smoke and, and dark lights. I'm not going to turn the lights off. Because if we were in our living room, if we're in our living room as a family... We're not going to turn the lights off and let the smoke in. That looks like, I don't want my living room to look like a bar. I don't want my living room to look like a nightclub. Let there be light. Let there be light. And yes, because we have the privilege of ministering through our live stream, we want our background to, to, to pop on the screen, to be uh, visually acceptable, but we don't have to turn it into a production because we wouldn't meet in our living room that way. And we're a family. We're a family. So our living room will expand as our church grows. Amen? He says in Psalm chapter 84, Psalm 84, 10, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. My center column reference says of this next part, I would choose rather to sit at the threshold and be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Hallelujah. Why? Because I recognize the value of the house of God, the people of God, the house of God, and because this is where the house of God meets, this is where we congregate, we want this to reflect His goodness. Amen? And we want our next residence to reflect his goodness and so the Lord told us to set aside on Sunday mornings for the house of God just like in Psalm or I'm sorry in Exodus chapter 35 25 he God says tell them to bring me an offering and in 35 Moses, verse 4, spoke unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. In Exodus 25, he called it my offering. My offering. But the requirement 
to be a participant in this offering is a willing heart. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it, an offering of the Lord. And then he begins to describe that which they will use to build the next place of worship, the tabernacle in the wilderness. And we see the same concept or the same principle in 1 Chronicles 29 when David was preparing for the house of God, for the temple that Solomon would build. It would build, it was a willing hearted sacrifice. Hallelujah. Where does our willing heart come from? Our recognition of the value of this assembling. I've used this example before, but I'll use it again. There are people in this room who, who came to a church that someone else sowed for the building. Someone else sowed. I know Pastor Larry Clemens is always quick to, to recognize and to, to verbalize. He's so thankful for the people who gave for the building at 701 Napa Valley Drive to be there when he got saved and came to know Jesus sitting under our pastor. He was able to be there because someone else had been obedient. Someone else had a willing heart. Hallelujah. Our willing heart is because we recognize everything I have is because of the blessing of God in my life. Everything that these people had to bring to this willing-hearted offering, it came to them on the eve of their departure from Egypt. They didn't own it before that day. They didn't, it was something that God blessed them with because He favored them. And the favor of God on our lives is producing an abundance. And out of that abundance, we can bring a willing-hearted offering to God and say, thank you, Lord, we want this to be for, for the, the place that you have for us. Now, God gave us some specific scriptures. I read them, but I, I encourage you to put them in your journal. Put them in your notes. Put them in, write them down in, in one of the fly leaves of your Bible so that you can go back and begin to read these, not just on Sunday morning with me, but that you can begin to put them in your heart and in your mouth because when you begin to use the faith that you have learned here for the plan and purpose of God, you'll see it work even more effectively in your own life. 1 Chronicles 17, 9. I will ordain a place. Thank you, Lord. For my people, faith builders. And I will plant them and they shall dwell in their place and shall be moved no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness waste them anymore as at the beginning. Ezekiel 36, 24. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and I will bring you into your own land. Ezekiel 37, 14. And shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Hallelujah. God's telling us what he's doing. He's telling us what he's doing. Our own land. Our own land. Psalm 44, 3. 
I read this one occasionally, but it's in, in the service, but it's one that I, I read uh, more uh, in my personal. But Psalm 44, 3 says, For they got not their land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your countenance because you had a favor unto them. And then Zechariah chapter 2 verse 4 and 5. Run, speak to Philip and Michelle Steele, saying faith builders shall be inhabited as towns without walls for the multitude of people and supply therein. For I say it, the Lord will be unto faith builders a wall of fire round about, and I will be the glory in the midst of faith builders. Hallelujah. As we prepare to, to celebrate the Lord, His blessing, His favor, as we honor Him today in our tithe and in our offering, if you are uh, bringing uh, that willing-hearted offering, you can, we're going to bring them at the same time. But I wanted to take that time and, and just revisit the reasons that God is doing what he's doing here in our midst.